with the warm weather and sun shining a little more lately. You may have noticed more birds chirping, making it a great time to head outdoors and explore our feathered friends. For a new monthly series called Chirp Chat, Wisconsin birders join Lake Effect's Excret Nunez to talk about different bird topics and highlight a seasonal bird. For this month's Chirp Chat, Excret is joined by the Director of Education Tom Finley and volunteer birder Donna Miller at the Schlitz Audubon Nature Center. They explore how to become a birder and how to start birding. I'm so excited to be speaking with you both for this first ever episode of Chirp Chat. And I thought it'd be nice to welcome listeners and introduce them to birding or maybe reintroduce them to birding. So, Tom, I want to ask you first, what do the terms birding and birder mean? So we've always thought that birding here at Schlitz Audubon Nature Center is something that everyone can be involved with. And birding can be as simple as going outside or even looking out your window into your backyard to see what kind of bird activity there is. And birders are people who engage in that. Believe it or not, the conservative estimates for how many birders we have in the United States ranges from 20 to 40 million people who consider themselves birders and bird enthusiasts. So it's a very active community from coast to coast. Absolutely. That's a very interesting fact. Um, is there a difference between birding and bird watching, would you say? So it's a little bit of a matter of degree. So sometimes people consider themselves bird enthusiasts because when they go to pick up the mail or maybe they're shoveling their snow, they hear some birds, they see some birds, and they think, oh, I did a little bird watching. And then those that take the next step maybe to start to identify some birds, maybe journal what they've seen or heard during the day, and even going as far as picking up a guidebook or some kind of special app that they could use that would help them continue to identify their birding skills and then continue to do that throughout their lives. Then they become birders and they're hooked and that's a great thing. Yeah, no, I love that. It makes me think of maybe when you're bird watching, you're enjoying the birds that you see and maybe when you're being a birder or birding, you're seeking them out a little more. About right, them. it's the next level. And why would you encourage someone to take up birding? One of the main reasons that birding itself is such a popular pastime in the United States is that anybody can do it. It doesn't matter what your educational background is. It doesn't matter where you live. In fact, it doesn't matter what your physical ability is or how long you've been birding. You can start at any age. We have kids right here from our nature school that are three years old and they're becoming really adept birders. But then I might meet someone in a program here who is well into their retirement time and they're just starting to get to be interested in birding. It's not an expensive hobby either. I always encourage people to pick up a guidebook as well as a good pair of binoculars but other than that you don't have to invest much else other than your time and your enthusiasm and just get outside. So it's great for your physical health, your mental health and frankly your emotional health too. And um, Donna, how did you first get interested in birding? So I started intentionally birding about five years ago. And it's a process. It's a good process, but it's a process to learn a couple birds. At Schlitz, there's probably been over 250 species seen, and you're not going to learn those overnight. Um, 
bird is often referred to as their spark bird, the bird that first triggered their interest in birding. And I didn't have a single big spark. I had a lot of trickles. So one day a flock of mixed spring warblers landed at my feeder. And just to see those riot of colors, yellow, green, blue, and like, what are all these little birds? And it took me a couple years to understand what they all were. And then just watching, seeing red-tailed hawks along the highway and understanding what they were, going for hikes and having killdeers fly up in front of me. So it all just kind of like built. It was a slow build that I need to understand what these birds are. And then when I started volunteering here, there were a bunch of birders. They were birders. They were intentionally birding at the feeder. And they were actually talking about what all the different sparrows were. And until then, for me, they had all just been little brown birds which is what birders call them, little brown birds. And uh, to realize that they were all different species was just very exciting. It's like uh, there's really a lot of depth here that I can, a lot to learn, a lot to know, and a lot to appreciate. That's definitely something I feel like I can relate to. I always just thought those little brown birds were just baby birds waiting to grow up. And it's like, (laughs) no, that's the full size. That's as big as they're going to (laughs) get. Yes. (laughs) And they're all different. Yes. And they're all different. And so learning those subtleties, is just, it's been a really fun process. And a good guide helps. And following around good birders helps a lot, too. Absolutely. And so good news is that there are birds everywhere. But Tom, what are some ways people can start birding? The nice thing is you can start birding in your own backyard. You can look out your kitchen window and see what the birds are that are visiting your feeders. And then get outside in your local community. Take a walk down the street. Go to your local park and just start observing and listening. And then actively engage with local groups. The greater community around Milwaukee and southeastern Wisconsin has numerous birding organizations and they're all welcoming to new people into birding. That's the great thing. Yes, there's a community that's established for so long, but they're very welcoming to new people as well. At Schlitz Audubon, we have several really nice opportunities every single month. On the second Wednesday of the month, In the evening at 6.30, we have what we call our monthly bird club, and that meets throughout the year. And that event will pick showcase birds of the season. In March, we can talk about woodcocks, and we try to find them on our property. Another great activity, Saturday morning bird walk, which is the third Saturday morning of the month. Not only is that a really great activity, it happens to be led by our colleague, Donna Miller. (laughs) Well, those all sound like really neat opportunities for people to go out and get started here in Milwaukee. I want to ask maybe moving more towards how to start identifying birds. The easiest way to start is to get familiar with the birds around you, the birds you see every day. They might be the birds in your yard, the birds in the nearest park, the birds in the parking lot. You can ABB, always be birding. They're always there. And once you get to know those familiar resident birds, it's going to be much easier to recognize a new bird or a bird that looks different to you and add them on slowly. My goal when I started was, you know, just five new birds a month in terms of identification. And it just slowly builds up and it's fine. And in terms of identification, what they look like, think about size, where you find them. Are they on a pond or in a tree? What's their color? If you can observe a little behavior and then sound. And the Merlin Sound ID app is the great way to get those songs in your head. 
Yeah, no, I love that. That's a great tool to recommend for new birders. Okay, so we went over some tips on how to get into it, but what are some things people shouldn't do when they're out on the field and hoping to spot a bird? I'm really glad that you asked that question because there's an ethical way to engage with nature and wildlife, and birding is no exception. So we encourage people to act with reverence in nature and with quiet intention. So at Schlitz, we'll make sure that we stay on the trails. It's a non-consumptive activity, birding is. We can do it with our pair of binoculars, a phone, with our friends, and we don't have to trample off through the woods and the ponds and the prairies in order to engage with birds. In fact, the quieter we are, the more likely we are to have really great interactions with them. If we see the bird is nesting, we'll allow that to take place and not interfere with the bird's activities. And then that's a much richer experience and quite frankly, it's a more natural experience. And we come away with a deeper appreciation of that animal's role in, in our environment. Absolutely. And I also, I know a tip that I learned when I started birding was maybe someone's intention could be playing bird calls. That's, I yeah, talk about that, Donna. <laughs> It's tempting because if we play a bird called uh, birds establish territory and communicate with each other like this is mine back off through calls and songs. And so playing a song or a call can be a way to flush a bird to get a bird to come out of wherever it is so that we can see it. But that's also stressing the bird. Now the bird is reacting as if there's a competitor in the environment and they're going to react differently and may endanger themselves or their nest or their mate by doing so. So I am not for playing bird calls to get birds to come out. And like Tom said, you know, just showing some respect and some distance. I mean, how unsettling would it be if someone kept standing in your driveway looking at through your windows, right? <laughs> it would not be comfortable. And it could throw off a bird's safe place, their nesting place, their feeding habitats, and, and actually really endanger them. And we don't want to do that. So by giving the birds the space, not drawing them out with fake bird calls or played bird calls is going to let us protect what we enjoy. And so what are some year-round birds in Milwaukee that might be fun and easy for beginners to keep their eye out and start identifying? There are several you can see in your backyard, in your local park, and your favorite nature center. And they're hopefully ones that we can all identify with. And if you haven't identified with them, they're great spark birds, ways to get introduced to birding. Certainly the American robin is a wonderful one. A lot of people don't realize there are non-migratory flocks. Sometimes we think that they all go away for the winter, but there are plenty that stay around this area. So that's a one we can all identify with because we usually hear them about 4.30 in the morning with their beautiful thrush voices. And for me personally, the Northern Cardinal is one that sparked my interest in birding many, many years ago. And that's another year-round bird. It brings color, it brings enthusiasm to the winter landscape and literally and physically makes you feel better when you see and you hear that gorgeous bird. Thank you for sharing that. I know that the Schlitz Audubon Nature Center is a great place to become familiar with birds, but what are some other great spots in and around Milwaukee to find birds? One of my favorite places 
is to head down to Lake Park in Shorewood. It's got gorgeous ravines. It's very accessible. And that too is right along Lake Michigan. So you can enjoy the wooded forested ravines and of course the lake. That's a great park for so many people to get to. It's a Milwaukee County Park and they have a wonderful warbler migration in spring and then birds throughout the entire year. So check out Lake Park. Yes, Lake Park is fabulous. The lake front is fabulous for ducks in the winter. So everything from down at the Oak Creek Outlet at the south end of Grant Park up to Schlitz Audubon, any of the lake front areas are going to have fun ducks through the winter. Anything along the river as well, so along the Milwaukee River or the Menominee River down in the Menominee Valley. I really enjoyed downtown uh, Wauwatosa. Mm. It's the Menominee River Parkway is fantastic. Mm -hmm. You've got Hart Park, and there's a beautiful green environmental corridor all throughout that fairly large metropolitan area, but it's a birding hotspot. And again, it's very accessible to people. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of every Chirp Chat, I'd love for guests to shine a spotlight on a bird for the month. Donna, what's a bird you'd like to highlight this month? So in February, it's hard not to talk about ducks. And I'm going to go with the bufflehead, which is an adorable little duck with a big head. And it's called the bufflehead. And I like to think of it as having a big white ball on the back of its head because its head is very round, disproportionately large. And they like the rough water. So we'll see them on Lake Michigan just bouncing around in front of uh, schools of red-breasted mergansers or golden eyes. And they're just really fun birds to see. If there's a bird that I would love to highlight right now at this time of year, it's one you might even hear in the background, the black-capped chickadee. It is a year-round bird, but right now they're really singing. They're all around the Nature Center and our local communities. Working back with what Donna said a few moments ago on how we see this bird and can identify it with four diagnostic characteristics. Its size. It's a small bird, kind of plump, but its head is somewhat large with a very small bill. The color pattern, it's not just a black cap, but it has a black throat. It has buffy sides and a gray tail, and it's got many colors that you might not otherwise notice. Then there's the habitat. It's found in fields, in forests, in urban woodlands, and in your backyard. In other words, you can find the black-capped chickadee everywhere. And then fourthly, its behavior. This is not a shy bird. In fact, it's a friendly bird, to use a humanistic term. They come out into the backyard. They visit the parking lot here at the Nature Center and, of course, up and down the wooded ravines and bluff that we have here. So from a, a visual standpoint, from an auditory standpoint, and just from an engagement standpoint, that one is a bird that is, just resonates with so many people. Well, Tom and Donna, thank you so much for speaking with me today and for getting listeners excited about birding. Yes. Thank you. It was our pleasure. Come and visit. Tom Finley is the Director of Education at the Schlitz Audubon Nature Center, and Donna Miller is a volunteer birder there. They joined Lake Effect's expert Nunez for a new monthly series we call Chirp Chat. You can find this conversation and learn more about birding at wuwm.com.